Okay, today on the show, we're talking about Star Trek for the Voyage Home, and our guests, Brad and Joey, wrote a song about the movie, which you'll hear at the end of the episode. So I thought the least I could do is grab the ukulele here and, and improvise a quick song about the film. Now, it's not a competition. It's not about whose song is better. You know, they wrote theirs, and I'm improvising mine, uh, and so it's, they're different, and, and they're going to be different, obviously. Just wanted to kind of match their energy and come in with a song. So here we go. Oh yeah, here we go. Let's do it. I'm coming in, coming in, right now. Let's go. Everybody with me. Get up. Star Trek 4. Ah, shit. That did not, uh, didn't go the way that I uh, thought that it might. Uh, but that's the, <laughs> that's the nature of, of, uh, of improv. Sometimes you never know. Uh, let's get to the, <clears throat> let's get to the episode. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science? Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we are talking about Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, a movie that's unbelievably about whales, which I did not see coming. Uh, I don't know if the Star Trek fan base did, but uh, we'll, we'll ask our resident Trekkie. Can I call you Trekkie? Is that sure, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Trekkie. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, we have science communicator and creator of Uno Dos of Trace, Trace Dominguez. Hi. How's it going, Trace? It's going really well, yeah. You were on a previous podcast, which we also talked about Star Trek. I was, yeah. We did that one with a, a physicist from the Lawrence Livermore lab. Yes. Really I can't fun. recall her name because I'm a superb XXL schmuck, but <laughs> she was like a laser specialist who was super cool. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, and we talked about like the newer Star Trek, I yeah, believe. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about Star Trek 2009, which was right. filmed in part at Lawrence Livermore lab. That's correct. And, That's uh, correct. Uh, but today, to anybody cool. we're going old school, super old school, and we have such wonderful guests here today. One, you already know, you were on, what podcast were you on? You uh, we did uh, Sunshine. We did Sunshine, We did Sunshine with movie. the NASA guy, the yes. hot NASA guy, no, the badass, the Mohawk guy. That's correct. Um, Bobak. Yes, yes Bobak. Federossi, uh, who I also adore. But anyways, the voice you're hearing is Brad Silnitzer. Oh, you have a question already? Uh, I'll, I'll get it in a second. Okay, and he is joined by Joey Orton. Hey. And together, they have created a Fast and the Furious musical. Is that correct? Yeah. That's that's exactly it. You've been performing it here in L.A., so if people live close by or they're taking a trip, maybe they're uh, a tourist, they should come see your... The Fast and the Furious, a musical parody playing at a theater near me in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> September right. 28th. Down, September 28th. Be love there. DynastyTypewriter.com. Yes. I'm For seeing the love it. of God, come. I'm seeing it on the 28th. All I've heard from my friends is that it's an incredible show, so go check it out. If you've ever been desperate to meet the man behind the voice, Ethan, <laughs> come to the music. And he'll be in the crowd with you. I mean, really, they're probably desperate to hear the man behind your voice. Yes, if you want to hear, if you want to hear me, <laughs> I want to hear you. Thank you. You're I welcome. have a question. Wait, so last time you did the podcast, you were the dumb guy, and yeah. now you're the smart guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds yeah. so dumb. The last time I did the podcast, that you're like, we can make the other dumb guy the smart oh, yeah. guy if you, Brad's the dumb guy. The you bar is the so bar low. Down way, yeah. way far. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, Joey, you're a musician. This is correct. That's right. And so, how did you and Brad get together? I used. I used to look up to Brad in college. He wow. was like a mentor of okay. mine, and then I got to know him, and yeah, and it's kind of, I w would you say it's reverse Brad? 
No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Every time he says he used to look up to me, it hurts. Really? It's like a part of my soul dies. Why does it hurt? That's we were, cool. Because he used to look up to me. He doesn't oh, anymore. He doesn't yeah. anymore. Now we you were camp counselors race. together. Yeah, now he thinks you guys are reversed, if anything, so I can see why yeah, your soul dies. Hurtful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I'm very glad you guys came for this very ridiculous uh, podcast episode because I had no idea going into this what the movie was about. I didn't see Star Star Trek 2 or 3, I don't even know. I think maybe I saw the first one. What was the first one? The first one was Star Trek The Motion Picture. Okay. And that one was, I think, objectively terrible. Objectively terrible. But then yeah. the second one's good. The second one was great. That's Star Trek 2 Wrath of Khan. Okay, that and one And that I one saw. is amazing. We did that one on the pod, and I remember yeah. I did like that one a lot. Yeah, that one was really cool. Mind control bugs. I mean, we got yes. super yeah, That one's we way got, more Star Trek than more this fun. one. Yeah, this one is a little... This one is a, a surprise, I think, yeah. for everybody. Let's have... In, in case people haven't seen Star Trek IV The Voyage Home... Could you maybe just sum up what the plot of this film is? Yeah, here's the plot of the film of Star Trek IV. They're in space, as you would expect. Yep. (laughs) You expect them to be in space and do space things together against space enemies, right? Correct. But no, that is not what happens. What happens is, apparently Spock has recently been resurrected into a new body, and they're about to be tried for war crimes on Earth. Uh, by the Klingons, apparently they've done some sort of genocide, and but our good guys have done a genocide. <laughs> That's where the movie starts. The good guys have genocided. Not the explained because I had no yeah. idea what was going on. And then and then what happens is a, a giant space dick comes in and uh, is is fucking up Earth, and they realize that this thing that's fucking up Earth, what they really want to do is talk to whales. These aliens are killing Earth because they can't talk to whales, and then they're like, oh my god, we don't have whales anymore. Yeah, they take there's like an audio signal being sent out by this alien craft, but it just sounds like we weird laser slow motion shit and they're like well what would it sound like underwater and what it sounds like underwater somehow they figure out through computational programming is a whale's call they also figure it out in minutes oh yeah Yeah. it's so weird like the whole planet earth is like oh god everything's terrible and then they're like Wait, what if we just uh, put it underwater? Yes, so, our heroes, of course, figured this uh, out. Yeah, Spock figures it out pretty quickly. Yep, yep. He's like, you idiots, there are more living forms on Earth that they could try to talk to. What about <laughs> whales that haven't existed for hundreds of years? <laughs> yep, because they are extinct in the future, which yeah. does make sense. There is environmental overtones in this film, like oh, we were talking about so a little bit before video. the pod. Um, okay, so, Brad, what do we do now? N- now that we figured out that they're trying to talk to whales, clearly what we need to do is go back in time, <laughs> find some whales and save the motherfucking planet. Yeah, bring back whales to the future yeah. and have them somehow talk to these aliens. So instead of it being a space, a space, a, 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 a space like caper, yep. instead they just go to Earth and bumble around trying to kidnap these whales. Yeah. Very little guns, no space. Yeah, in like 80s They're San just Francisco. in San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's most of the film is our beloved Star Trek cast kind of just being schmucks running around the city trying to figure out how to get these whales. This could have just been a Buster Keaton movie. Yeah, (laughs) easy. (laughs) Um, So eventually they do, spoiler alert, they they get with the help of a woman who works at a aquarium? It's the Cetacean Institute in the movie, but in reality it's the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Okay. Where I was this weekend. It's awesome. It's a great aquarium. Wow. Really cool. And they, their sea otter exhibit is it's amazing. Lovely. As an otter man. They are so cute. <laughs> I love it. So I love me an otter. Yeah. yeah. You're an otter man? 
I'm an otter man. Orton, are you an otter man? I I, I am definitely an otter man. Wow. Okay. Very are you cool. more of a river otter man, a sea otter man? Mm. Now that's a good question. I know it's controversial in some it otter contra- circles. Yeah, in some yes. otter circles. Listen, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna say I like both types of otters, but I'm more of a sea otter type of guy. Whoa. You can't say you like both if you're an otter man. Yeah. Like that. Then people will be like, "Oh, this is a you got to pick." He doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. This guy's full of shit. They're very different. Yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. a penguin man if I had to choose. Just throwing that out there. I'm a cheetah man. Oh, cheetah man. Cheetah man. Ladies. What a loser. <laughs> You're going with jungle cat? Yeah. You're a hack man. Yeah, yeah dude. It's all about otters. It's a little basic. What can I say? <laughs> Did the uh, bay in real life stand up to the incredible uh, feature it had in this film? Listen, in this film, all of, this this woman was such a hot marine biologist, and she was so lonely. Her only friends were whales. Yeah, she was very mad at her coworker. Seemed Bob. Like. Yeah. Not getting along I like, with him. I like that... This isn't about science, but I do like that William Shatner was no longer hot by the time this movie was made. <laughs> and he was still like, she was still like charmed by this. Oh, man. Very quickly charmed by Shatner, who's wearing weird future space <laughs> stuff. But she trusts him. And, and he's with Spock the whole time, who's wearing arguably way weirder attire, right? Yeah. He's wearing like these huge sleeves and like karate. Like uh, a terry cloth robe. Like he walked out of his hotel room and was like, oh, well, this is what I'm wearing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's like weird in a weird Cult, but she she's down with both of them. She it wants can only to hang be described out. Described as a terry cloth tunic, what he's wearing yeah. the entire time. It's very just walking strange. around modern San Francisco. Yeah, so I mean, it is San Francisco. People wear weirder stuff. That's up there. true. Okay, yeah. yeah, give it to them. I live there. It's the, people wear some weird stuff. People are walking around in yeah tunics. Wait, you came outfits. down from San Francisco to do this podcast? No, nah, I'm here now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just but, checking. Sorry, Jesus Christ, I was not talking. That no, cool. please, I, I get really. It. I get. Like, I mean, what if I'd said yes? Would it have just been silence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. Uh, no, Brad, you can insult me the entire time. You're like a mentor to me. I look up to you. I always have Thank since you. college. It'll go away one day. <laughs> it's a temporary. All right, thing. we'll see. Okay, so yeah. Spoiler alert: They get the freaking whales onto their ship using uh, I don't teleportation or they something. Teleport them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they had a lot of trouble doing it. They had to have like a well, specific radio frequency. Yeah. Which I don't really understand, I gotta be honest. Well, so, right now, if we want to track a wild animal, um, well, I'm gonna say now, but I mean in the 80s. If you want to track a wild animal, you need to tag it. They do this Mm. all over conservation circles, because it's easy to then say that animal is, say, this serial number, and then you have a radio frequency that would be very specific that you could follow and and track down that animal. Well, they do it in Griffith Park here in Los Angeles, California. They do. With the the not jungle cats, with the city cats. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Yeah, they do it with a lot of conservation animals, because that way it's minimally invasive for the animal, Mm. and it'll allows us to kind of follow them around their environment without having to literally put cameras around and, and watch them walk. Got you. So they've That's been how doing they're going to describe it when they start tracking us. They're going to be like, it's minimal, minimally, minimally invasive. Minimally invasive. Yeah, no big deal. We're yeah. just going to put it up your dick hole. <laughs> That's the only way. Like, exactly it's not invasive. Was, I'm so glad you said it. It was exactly what I was thinking, but I was like, well, maybe I won't say that. <laughs> but, but Brad took it home. Yeah, um, so they needed the megahertz, 400, 401 megahertz, right, which yes. uh, is not a specific enough <laughs> radio frequency. <laughs> really? Like, they do radio decimal? frequencies to like three decimals because otherwise you're getting a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I wrote down 401 megahertz is the radio frequency of whales. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I guess that's wrong. I mean, in this in this fictional scenario, yeah, you were you'd be one hundred percent right. Also, okay. radio frequency of whales, cool, like album name. Oh yeah, mm. thanks. Maybe for Enya. Okay. Well, I'll contact Enya right after yeah, this. Let her and know. hey, let her speaking know. of uh, music, you guys supposedly wrote a Star Trek for the Voyage Home song that yeah, we're going to we hear. A song this morning. Yeah. About the movie. Great. So. Watch the movie at six a.m. Wrote the song at 8 a.m. and here Whoa. we are. And now it's 10:45, baby. Let's go. I'm somehow not exhausted. That's really impressive. Um, so yeah, a little tease for later. You stay tuned for the un- incredible uh, Brad and Joey hit uh, Star Trek for the Voyage Home song. Yeah. Does yeah. it have a title? Not yet. Yeah. Okay. It's probably called ah, Whales. It's probably okay. called Whales. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it might be a little bit of a stretch to be like, we wrote it also titled. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the most sense. Yeah, the whales were by far the most surprising part of this movie. I was so, every time that they were mentioning it, I would laugh to myself because I couldn't, it would just dawn on me like, <laughs> it's still a Star Trek movie though, but yeah. it's all about these whales. Everything is about whales. How did they decide on this and not laugh and say like, well, we can come up with something better. It was probably. truly <laughs> shocking. Remember the Ninja Turtles movie where they just randomly went to old China. Yeah. yeah. It felt like yeah. Yeah. Times. Where they're like, Classic. listen, clearly we're making infinite number of these movies, so each one can just be, yeah. Yeah, its own thing. I mean, I freaking love that movie. We gotta do that one on here, too. That movie <laughs> rocks. A lot of science in that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure something out. We'll do, like, I martial arts. I think we could arts. probably get, like, a turtle specialist to oh, see if they could call. ride a horse. Like, you know. Yeah, sure. You, Plus, mean, we've never just, like, specifically talked about turtles, so I'm down with that. I, mean, I love there's turtles. There's a lot of good turtle science. Yeah, dude. They're so weird. Big they shell weird. and stuff. They just yeah. live in there. Anyways, uh, back to whales. Um, so, they <laughs> They freaking save the the Earth, I guess. They save the galaxy or whatever. They get the whales back in their ship. They successfully time travel, which we can get into. They come back, and then, I don't know if you guys got this. I feel like I missed it somehow. I, re- I rewound. I watched it twice. Still didn't get it. The whales just start talking to the alien ship. Is that what happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it. happened. Okay. And then Is the, the alien, aliens. Are the aliens oh. actually, are the whales aliens or the aliens whales? We never or? saw, right? That's a great question. Are the aliens yeah. just worried? about Earth's Yeah, why were they killing Earth? I didn't get it. I'm Googling it. Okay, thank God. Because if you think about it, that's a really big probe. Like, they sort of have some... It's bigger than a whole star base. Maybe it's piloted by giant whale aliens. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. Whale aliens. Dude, if that's yeah. the case, Whoa. I want to see that shit. Guys, the yeah. name of our song is Whaleians. Whaleians. <laughs> Whaleians. There we go. Damn, also a good band name. How, uh, <laughs> how much can a whale say... When it is it ju- oh. does a whale just a normally really go question. like say. is it just sex stuff <laughs> well, we or know, is it saying other things we know a lot about whale language more than we did in the 80s not like we can say oh they're saying hello here they're saying goodbye here they do know that i'm going to switch species to go into something i know a little more about but uh Porpoises you and dolphins. You're talking about humans. Like, yeah, yeah, humans, yeah, humans really speak. good at talking. <laughs> dolphins, they've recognized, make certain sounds for certain humans. They can recognize that person, and mm. then that's a, they will make a specific sound. Huh. And whale song is, I think, more complicated. Uh, you know, it's like tie. It's tonal. And they do change it. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. they do Even change every year, as they say in the movie. So they're constantly kind of changing their language. We don't know if it's like bird song or, if, but we assume that there's more complex. They're changing their language. Every few years, yeah, they they learn it from each other, so they're constantly constantly kind of updating their whale song. Or maybe they're trying to keep us off their. Yeah, they're like, oh, these humans are catching up. We got to change it. I did not know that. I thought they were just (laughs) what Joey was saying. (laughs) Just like I'm ready, I'm ready to (laughs) f. (laughs) I'm not. Should I not curse? You just said F. Have I been cursing? No, it's cool. Sometimes F is just funnier, I guess. But uh, no, we can curse. 
I it's funny because people usually ask that before we start recording and the truth is we shouldn't curse I should have made the decision before we even started the pod of like let's not curse this is for everyone but I never thought about it until like the ninth episode and I was like oh well we've been cursing the whole time so fuck <laughs> it um, okay so anyways are you what were you looking up something whales what was I looking up you don't know? No, if you don't remember. know, we have oh, a Oh, what was problem. in the probe? Were you doing, playing Candy Crush? Oh, yeah, right, right. I'm just playing, playing Candy Crush <laughs> over here. Fruit Ninja over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I didn't, I just thought it was so weird that we didn't, I waited the whole movie to find out, okay, they're going to come back to the future and then we're going to get some answers as to who the aliens are, what did they actually want, and why whales? And none of that was answered. Also, you would think the whales would tell the other whales, like, get these motherfuckers, like, they've been getting us, yeah. you know? Somehow the whales come and they convince the other whales, the alien whales, to Whalians. just fly away. Absolutely. I didn't That's get that at all either. Move. We are extinct now because of these assholes. Save them? Yeah. I, I guess they that. have super compassion. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> Is like whales are, you know, uh, what what's the uh, classic uh, Bible? Uh, forgive them. They know not what they do. Or that's they like just have Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> They've been in captivity for too long. Yeah. And they've fallen in love with their captor, who is also lonely. Ooh. Um, okay, so we have no idea. There's no Trekkie blog. So according to the Star Trek kind of wiki on fandom, they Here were we talking go. about what it is and how it was built. We talked a lot about how they had trouble making it because in the movie, this is a giant cylinder. It's like five miles long, and it's got this little <laughs> basketball hanging out of the bottom of it, right? Yes. And they made it that way on purpose to make it more ominous. It has no antenna. It has no like right. discernible front like or a- back. And the idea was to make it scary. Yeah, yeah. It's like a big monolith with a little door handle. Right, exactly. And then the door handle has, like, according to their Wikipedia page, has changed in size and in different, like, designs over time, but they ended up with this one because it was the easiest to animate. (laughs) They literally never talk about what's inside of it, though. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't really know anything about aliens. Not a fan of that decision. The whole climax of the movie is based upon what these whales are saying to these aliens, but they just leave. We just hear whale noises, and the aliens leave, I and the movie's say, over. In terms of science, they spend more time figuring out how to build a whale tank than right. they do figuring out how to time travel by flinging themselves around the sun. Yes. 100% agree with you there. That was They, they like came out of, the, out of nowhere, and this is, this is uh, funnily enough, the first time in the Star Trek universe that anyone time travels. Wow. And so they were Even like... Even including all the TV and all I that. I guess, yeah. The... the, the at least in the movies for sure, yeah. but in the TV in the TV shows wow. as well. So that's insane. Because uh, this was came out in '86, and the next generation was either just starting. I think it started in '88, and so like they just hadn't gotten to this kind of stuff yet. And the fact that they came up with the concept in literally 30 seconds, they're like, "Well, these things are extinct. Um, time travel. Then we're gonna go ahead and time travel. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna get some more. And if they if it was that easy, why didn't they just?" Do that a bunch. Yeah, they've been doing this for years now. Right. Granted, I have not watched a lot of the Star Trek universe here, but if the your first reason, your first excuse to time travel is because you have to go back and save whales, like that's pretty crap. I'm sure they had a bunch of better reasons in the past. Well, Earth yeah. is about to be totally destroyed because of the lack of whale song. <laughs> right, that is true. <laughs> Maybe they could have just uh, like played through a speaker whale yeah. song. You probably could Google that and not do the whole time travel thing. But anyways, let's get to how they did this because it was br- very briefly decided upon and discussed. They were just like, well, if we're going to time travel, uh, I guess we're going to have to go around the sun and then that way we'll slingshot and we'll be back in time to the appropriate time that we need. So yeah. what the hell was that? So in the movie, Spock does some calculations uh, and they kind of 
science gobbledygook at you a little bit about how much mass of the spaceship and and like specifically what calculation it would take to get you to a specific period in time. And then after all of that, they're like, probably the latter half of the 20th century, we think, maybe, uh-huh. somewhere. So, yeah, they didn't know exactly where they were headed. But yeah. the theory, like, is there any validity to going around the sun to time travel? Because isn't there like a yes Superman and no. thing? Yes and no. So, yeah, Superman flew around the planet. Uh, I think he flew around the opposite way the Earth rotated yeah, and somehow the, yeah, went yes. back in time. This makes, <laughs> I would say, a lot more sense than that. Oh, it, neither okay. of them make any sense. But Great. That makes more sense, only because essentially, if you think of the uh, the theory of relativity that Einstein came up with, you know, e equals mc squared is the simplified version of it. The ho- the faster you go, the slower time is going to go. Hmm. They have done this. Uh, we know this works because of even GPS satellites have to be adjusted regularly, otherwise they will be incorrect because they're going so fast relative to the people on the ground. Oh, okay. So they ex- adjust them by nanoseconds, you know, every week or so, you know, right, to keep them up to time mm. because their time is actually moving at a different rate than ours is because okay. they're moving at a different speed. So GPS satellites are time traveling. They are, Pretty yeah, cool. and so are ISS astronauts and so will anyone who goes to Mars, you know, they will all right. have slightly different amounts of time. Okay. Um, oh, because time moves slower the faster you're going. So uh, in, a, in their Klingon bird of prey that they stole in the previous movie, they can go a maximum speed about warp eight. And in oh. the movie, they show them going about warp 9.7 or something. Warp one is the speed of light. So they're going, oh. and it's a, as I understand it, a cubic increase. So warp two is like eight times the speed of light. Damn. Then warp three is 27 times the speed of light. Whoa. So by the time you're getting to like- and They don't even shake. Yeah. The, it, oh, they had a little severe. Oh, yeah. They pass out in this one. Yeah. yeah I yeah. don't know why they pass out. <laughs> I think that it's scientifically accurate. <laughs> I if I go warp nine, do I pass out? <laughs> well, if you go by the Star Trek How universe, many beers yeah. is warp nine? <laughs> uh, a lot. A few billion. <laughs> yeah. They definitely seem to have like forgot what was going on. Each time the warp was over, they're like, what happened? Did we stop? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they had like a plan and then they just couldn't execute the like the special effects of that plan. So they said, okay, mm. well, just dip to white and then have them all wake up. Yeah. Right, <laughs> like, that's right, fine. yeah. That's fine. We can just solve that problem. Just shake a bunch, put red lights on, and people will get it. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so if you think of that principle of the faster you go, the slower time goes, mm-hmm. um, if you got to warp 10, which is allegedly impossible, that would be infinite speed. So they're at like Whoa. 9.6. Okay. There's also a thing that satellites use all the time. We used it with the Voyager probes in the 70s to make them go a little faster, and that's called a gravity assist. So you launch something off of the planet, you can get it going so fast, and then you kind of whip it around another planet in the solar system to speed it up. What's essentially happening is you're stealing momentum from that planet. It's no big deal. It's not going to like mess with the planet. It's such a small amount of mass. Uh, They did it on Apollo 13 as well, right? They did do it on Apollo. So the whole going around the sun thing was literally just to get enough speed to yes, time travel? To time travel. So if you think hmm. about it, they're thinking, okay, if you go past this certain threshold of speed and time can't go any slower, time must then go backwards. Mm. So this is basically, I mean, this does not make that much more sense than the Superman It doesn't thing. make that much more sense, <laughs> but at yeah. least there's like a basis in yeah, like yeah. understanding of the, the theory of, of like special relativity and relativity. So that's, I think, they don't explain it in the movie no. at all. Yeah, absolutely not. But if not. you kind of put that framework onto them. Uh-huh. They're combining what they knew about space travel at the time because the Voyager probes had been launched fairly yeah. recently at that point and they were doing this with various probes that are are still in existence like New Horizons that just passed Pluto did this. So it, it's pretty common. 
So it's well-known space fact. I actually, <laughs> well-known space fact. Uh, <laughs> what's another well-known space fact? It's cold. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. A Which good isn't one. actually true. It's not really cold. Oh, what? Well, because you can't well, That's feel. a well-known space fallacy. Yeah. yeah. Well-known space myth. Because you can't feel, there's no, cold is, is air touching your skin. Hmm. You're feeling the air that is cold. If there's no air, you can't actually feel cold. Oh. What about no one can hear you scream? That's true because there's nothing to convey the sound. But Silence. if you have a radio, you know, and you're in an atmosphere screaming, oh. and they have a radio, they could hear you through the radio. So you could, you could hook you it could up. You could be heard screaming, <laughs> but not not directly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I, I kind of like that they don't really explain it versus, like, Avengers Endgame, where they spend an hour <laughs> yes. and a half explaining time travel to me. And I'm like, I just want to see you fight some aliens. Yeah, we get it, dude. Uh, you're going to time they travel. They also don't fight aliens. They just find some whales. They <laughs> <laughs> had its own problems. Just, you know, Endgame actually has a lot in common with this. They're, like, oh. split up into a team. They go out, and they have to get this thing. It's oh, not right. very Avengers-y. It's mostly just them running around their old movies being like, okay, don't be seen. Yeah. Mm. Right, interact yeah. with this person flirt That's with true. that person maybe go to dinner and then come back I will say uh, <laughs> did your guys' movies start with the note to the challenge about the challenger yes no so yeah. the, the copy of the movie that I had had like a, a Star Trek note to the challenger and then the movie within a minute a spaceship explodes oh <laughs> no I was like this is so offensive <laughs> I didn't even think about that I was like maybe just That's cut so out true. the challenger note yeah, the Challenger <laughs> exploded the in the same year that this movie came yeah. out. So that oh, was January of 86 or whatever, mm-hmm. and this would have come out sometime, I guess, later in that year. The that crazy thing is there's also teachers on the spaceship that exploded in, there were. in the movie. Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. There weren't any. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, damn, I really did not pay attention. <laughs> Fuck. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Um, okay, so on a different non-scientific note, because you are a Star Trek guy, I don't know how deep you guys are into Star Not Trek. at all. The, okay. the new ones, and then I watched some of the ones with uh, Patrick Stewart. That's so, okay. Next gotcha. Generation. I, watched, so, I like Next Generation, and I watched uh, all the new movies. Seems like we're about on the same page yeah. here, but you have watched a lot of the older Star Trek. You watched the movies. I you- watched the movies. I've seen almost all of... The original series, I get bored. It's so old. Yeah. It's so slow. I totally understand that. Star Trek fans are going to hate me for that. But I was a TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, so like the 90s. Okay. I watched a lot of that. And I've watched Discovery as well, which is the newest one. And of course, the new movies, which are awesome. Well, my my question to you, and I'm sure I'm going to be also ripped apart by Star Trek fans, and I apologize. Uh... Did this hit you sideways? When did you see this movie? And when you did, were you like, what in the hell is going on here? Or were you like, oh, okay, this makes sense. It's Star Trek-y. I saw it when I was a kid, and I thought it didn't hit me sideways at all. Okay. I thought it was like, oh, cool. They're going to go save the whales. Like, <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm into that. I want to save the whales. Don't right. we all want to save the whales? Like, I think it – Yeah. I I was talking – I watched it with a, a friend, and, and she said, wouldn't it be great to watch this movie at the time it came out? Mm-hmm. Like to experience it at that moment, because sure. um, you know we can talk a bit about this in a minute. But uh, the International Whaling Consortium, or whatever, essentially this group that came together, the IWC, mm-hmm. and their idea was they were going to ban commercial whaling, and okay. commercial that was supposed to happen by the year that this movie came out, and obviously it was not happening. So mm-hmm. when they made this movie, it had these environmental overtones, but also think about like, wouldn't you want to see Star Wars without knowing what special effects could be? 
You know, it's the same kind of idea, right? Right, right, right? I would love to have watched this movie at a time where there were all of these environmental issues going on and the special effects were still considered well, that, pretty but good. But that's, that's what yeah, it felt yeah. like. It felt like a very special episode. It felt like the random yeah. episode of, like, Family Matters would be like, this one's about weed. Yeah. And we're going to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. weed. Yeah. What, yeah. I have a question about whaling. Yeah. So what do they use the whale? Like, let's say you go murder a whale. Sure. Like, what, do you, what can you use that for? It's like, I can't go buy some whale... And yeah. do something with it. Like, why did everyone? I know a guy, Orton. I can hook you up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a great question. Give you whatever so, whale you want. whaling has existed since before there was history, like antiquity. They think the earliest, some of the earliest stuff they found that has to do with commercial whale, well, commercial or like whaling as a, a profession, I guess, uh, dates to like six thousand BCE. Whoa. So humans have been doing this forever. And yeah, they say prostitution's the oldest job, but they found the first <laughs> prostitutes inside a murdered whale. <laughs> <laughs> It's very Jonah <laughs> or Pinocchio. No, Jonah. We'll go Jonah. That's a little less weird. Um, so whaling uh, is you get the resources of the whale. And it's like any animal hunting. You can use their skin. You can use their bones for things. You can eat the meat. But a big, also a big part of it is the blubber itself, which is like whale fat, can be turned into oil used for lighting lamps and lanterns. Wow. And so that until we discovered oil under the ground and kerosene and other like synthetic oils, this was the main source of a huh. lot of light. So you could make like Damn. you can make light and candles and things out of all sorts of different animal fats. Like pig tallow candles are pretty big. You can use those in. They were popular even into the 19th century because uh, it was like an easy way to get a candle out of pig fat. Which if you were going to eat the pig, why not use the fat for that, right? Sure. So this was a way to get a large amount of resource out of what would be a, a lesser effort. Huge candles. And even in like <laughs> even then, like the the populations that would hunt whales can would do it similarly into uh, if you think Moby Dick into the 19, into the 1850s when that came out they were essentially throwing harpoons by hand at a giant animal as it surfaced crazy and then they would keep doing that until they killed it and would it just come up to the top it just float it has to breathe so it, there are a variety of different ways to do it but the one that i was reading about that was maybe the weirdest that i think they would take seals that they could kill because they were close to the to the shore. So they would kill the seal. Then they would inflate the seal like a balloon. What? I don't know how. Uh, like they would essentially <laughs> it's like blowing up like a pool toy. Like right, someone yeah. would have to put their mouth over the butthole. Yeah, and they just kind <laughs> what of a grab job. <laughs> yeah. So once they had this thing, it was like a, a float. They would attach it to a rope, throw the harpoon on the other end of that rope, and then just like in Jaws where it had to drag all of those barrels, this is the same idea. It would oh. tire out the whale, and since they breathe oxygen, they would float to the top and like so they could breathe and calm down, and that's when they would kill them. Wow. And this they could do, you know, thousand years ago, like hundreds Jeez. and hundreds of years ago at least. That would be so nuts pitching that idea to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the deal. And I know it's going to sound kooky. <laughs> we got Jerry, all these seal skins. Jerry, you're kind of in the doghouse. you got to blow up this seal. <laughs> what? No. I'll keep cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> um, so wait, where are we now? I mean, whale hunting is still a thing. It's illegal, I would assume. Yeah. The, so IWC, I had wrong. It's the International Whaling Commission. And the International Whaling Commission was put together by a bunch of countries that already were whaling. Okay. Um, and then they decided we're going to end commercial whaling by essentially reduce it by 86, end it by 88. It's not going to be commercial anymore. It'll be indie whaling. Yeah. <laughs> indie whaling. <laughs> they said you could still whale uh, under this group, this group's like 
uh, I guess, rules, you could still whale for scientific research. So hmm. countries like Japan continue to do a lot of whaling, and they're claiming scientific research is the reason. But I know Japan has a lot of candles, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and if you go over there, it's crazy. Yeah. They don't use electricity. Um, so they say about 32,000 whales have been killed since the IWC moratorium on whaling, which would have been in the 80s. So it's okay. it's pretty much universally considered a failed project. Damn. But we now have all of these other ways to make heat and light so we don't need whale oil. Yeah, so, so what are they we've doing? We've moved on from that to other things that destroy our atmosphere instead of destroy this animal population. So yeah, I really did think this this was like a cute movie. It like harkens back to like what environmentalism used to be. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now it is, I mean, I was like, oh, this feels so nice to think that the biggest problem was whales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't think we should murder them. Yeah. Does it sound like I'm pro-whaling? A little bit. I might. Be. I haven't done. I mean, never tried yet. it. I do like candles. It might be a rush. Try and throw a spear into a whale, blow up a seal. I don't know. Um, no, we shouldn't do it. I no one should do, do it. Yeah. Everyone, stop whaling. <laughs> They're probably endangered. Oh, uh, does your audience not get irony? I do. I'm, I'm against whaling. <laughs> I am anti-whaling. Stop whaling. <laughs> Um, take. <laughs> okay, very cool. So, I mean, I have so much stupid crap here, Trace, so I'm already going to apologize. Um, they cloak their spaceship. Yeah. And they do, I made me laugh so hard. I can't remember her name. What's the woman's name that Jillian, works at the, Jillian. Which I think, I, when I thought. Scotty's like popping out of the yes, cloaked yes. spaceship. I love that scene. It's so funny to me. There's like a. It makes the ship look really big. Yeah. Yes, that you know, is true. That, he's like really far away. But she's just doing like a mime job. Yeah. That she is, just like runs into really a wall bad. and is putting up her hands like a, like the classic impersonation of a mime doing a box. Yeah. Which I thought was so funny. But anyway, so that was their ship. That is their ship. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that is part of the Klingon kind of shipbuilding system. The Klingon tech. Yeah, Klingon tech. And well, and other races have it as well. But at this point in the Star Trek universe, we pretty much know of the Klingons are cloaked, mm-hmm. are, are, have cloaked ships. This is a Which Klingon I think Joey would call them races, not species. Um, yeah, they would be races, I guess. But they are technically different species. Yeah. yeah. I think Joey's pro-Klingon. I'm pro-Klingon. The Klingons are great. Well, the, I, I've never seen any of the other movies, and the humans seem like a bunch of dickholes. They do in this movie. The Klingon, I don't know that one Klingon who's just, like, got a weird kind of British accent, and he's yeah. like, I am angry at everyone! For like 10 minutes at the <laughs> very beginning. He's at the UN. But he's angry why. at everyone, and he's like, you guys murdered all of my family and friends. And yeah. they're like, yes, yes, we, yeah, did, we that. did that. And it's like, if you haven't seen the previous movies, it's like, this guy seems right, and yep. they murder whales? It's like, fuck the it humans. It does sound yeah. pretty, yeah, legit. It doesn't set up humans to be particularly... Wait, so what have the Klingons done that's even bad? Oh, there are there are a warrior race that pretty much just destroys everything that you know that isn't like, like Klingons are sort of like what you would think of as Vikings, right? Mm. They show up, mm. they destroy everything, they pillage, and then they leave. They're a warrior based race. Mm. Um, they also then become more political and they get more involved into the other parts of the Star Trek universe. Which then also creates a bunch of conflict within the Klingon Empire. There's a whole. Like you can talk a whole podcast about this, about inter, like interpolitical issues in Klingon homeworlds and stuff. Great. Like, like Joey was a little quick to dis- to support the Klingon. Yeah, so I mean, I don't maybe know. not the best to support. They do come around and become part of the Federation and like end up being a much more kind of helpful ally that you have problematic issues with, especially if you think of like the Next Generation with Worf being a like a pretty high level guy on the ship. Mm. That's that's a big deal. Um, big but deal. since we're on this topic, really quick, <laughs> huge. 
The interesting thing about Star Trek is it's always been pluralistic and diverse. And I had completely forgotten that the first captain you see on screen in the show, it, the first captain to interact with the probe, is a black woman. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. 1986, Awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, this yeah. is pretty great. But Klingons have that same kind of interaction throughout the Star Trek universe with this, this other group that has this warrior race kind of past. Yeah. Okay. I want to see crazy rich Klingons. <laughs> be a good I would, Klingons. I would love to see that. Yeah. I mean, just on the title alone, I would go with my friends to yeah. see that movie. It just sounds awesome. An Earthling is marrying a Klingon and <laughs> and uh, hilarity ensues. Yeah. I forget what the original uh, question uh, cloaking. was. Cloaking. We were talking oh, about the, the fact that they Because yeah. can... there is cloaking now, yeah? Yeah, so now in real life, they're working very hard on cloaking. You can do it with very small things where you bend light around stuff, essentially. It only works mostly in the lab, and it takes a lot of different laser optics to do. I'm not going to explain how because I don't understand it. But essentially, you're bending light around stuff. The other version I've seen is like using screens where it's basically Mm -hmm. projecting like on a car or something. Yeah. And they use screens to basically – screens and cameras – so it'll project like one side, like what, you know. Absolutely. And they're doing that with airplanes. You see it a lot in Marvel movies, mm-hmm. actually. If you watched the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, right, where he fights the the flying Michael Keaton. I haven't seen it. So they're, he, wow. they have screens on the underside <laughs> of the to. plane to make it hidden. And they oh. also do that with the giant helicarriers as well. And it's oh. just that's a simpler way to do this technology. There's something with this where it's not only is it cloaking it visu- visually like from visible light, it's cloaking it from sensors of all sorts. So there's thermally cloaking it. You're doing everything that you can to hide it, in, which is interesting. So earlier you said science gobbledygook, right? Yeah, yeah. So in this cuz a lot of movies now when a science fiction movie comes out, they'll hire actual PhDs, they'll hire mm-hmm. scientists, they'll hire the experts to be on the movie in order to make sure the science holds up. Star Trek never cared about that, did it? Or did they have scientists working on it? That's a great question. For this movie, I don't know who the science advisor was. It looks like they probably had one based on a quick Google search. Um, But Star Trek in general, uh, and the Star Wars people are going to hate me, more so than Star Wars, kind of issues magical thinking. So in Star Wars, you've got wizards and you've got like magic things that people can move stuff without any. And then they sort of bring the science into it in the ones that everybody hates from the 90s. Yeah, midichlorians. Yeah, exactly. But in Star Trek, they're pretty good about sticking to the science. I'll give you an example. The teleporter, the transporter, is a teleportation device, right? You can move things from one place to another. The schematics of that make sense in that you're taking atoms, you're converting them into energy. This is entirely doable. We know that this is a thing that you can do based, again, on Einstein's theories. You could take an atom, convert it to energy, then convert it back to matter again because all of that would be conserved. You'd lose nothing in that transfer. Okay. The problem is there are so many ma- there's so many bits of you. There's so many trillions and trillions and trillions of atoms involved that to predict where every single one is going to be at any given moment based on what we know of quantum mechanics is impossible. There's uh, it's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And so inside of the teleporter schematics is something called the Heisenberg Compensator (laughs) that the people who created this thing in Star Trek universe put in knowing that that was a mathematical problem that they would have had. So they thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they thought about it and they said, cool, well, we know this is going to be an issue, so let's just put this black box in here that makes it work. 
Okay, very cool. So, so they're usually pretty good about their science. I yeah. wouldn't say that, you know, they're perfect, obviously. It's still science fiction, but... Do you think we'll get there, like, in small increments? Like, if we can do an atom now, can we do a dog we, soon? We can do some <laughs> small bits of teleportation. We can, like, teleport atoms from one place to another. It's through, like, spooky action at a distance, as Einstein called it, or, like, quantum entanglement. You can move information around in that way. Okay. Um, but we're really, really far from anything okay, larger than... Particles. Also, like let me Monka let me vision. let me yeah. counter that oh. with another question. Please, if I put you on a transporter mm-hmm. and I take you apart atom by atom, mm-hmm. very very quickly, you don't feel it. Okay. Then I put those atoms through a computer program, convert them into digital information mm-hmm. and energy, beam them somewhere else, and rebuild you. Are you still you? Wow. Because you're made of of energy for a while. I would hope that there's I would no still you. Be me. Like. You could arguably put you into a computer program for a year and then put you back out on the other side a year later. Are you still you? I don't know. I guess not. Did we kill you on the the transporter pad and then reconstruct a copy of you is really what I'm asking. It sounds like it. Right. (laughs) How much weed did you smoke before this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's freaking early to be this baked. (laughs) You got to quit waking and baking. Just because you're in L.A. for a month doesn't mean you have to I'm just trying to make it work. Dive (laughs) dive into the culture that deep. Jesus Christ. Um, Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask about teleportation, so I'm glad that we're talking about that. But are we just going to let that? You're not going to even answer? (laughs) If if it's a copy of me? I do think it's a copy of me. I think that you are kind of killing yourself and then recreating yourself. I think that's the theory, at least. I don't know. Well, it's up to you because the question is then, are they tele- are they transporting your soul with you, assuming you believe that that's there? Ah. And so if you don't believe that that's there, there are, there are two camps, right? There's the, no, we've killed you. You mm-hmm. died. This is a copy of you with no soul. Well, uh, what's or the uh, proof that we have a soul? This, yeah, exactly. Do you have any proof of that? I don't think there's Yeah, I don't think there's any proof of that either. But you could also say <laughs> you are exactly the same as that moment that you left Someone, in every capacity. Like yeah. every single little piece of you is there. So you're still you. Wow. Yeah. Someone's what in their car think? listening to this to have a good time and we're talking about how they don't have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Are we killing ourselves in our teleporters of the future? Um, well, I don't believe in souls. So mm, perfect. Okay. Yeah. I don't so you're think. you're fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I got my Copy memories. Me. I got, you know. Yeah, you're I transported. Got... You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I kill myself and I'm reborn every time I go to yoga, actually. So <laughs> you like sweat, new, like, like sweat hot, your soul yeah. out. Hot goat yoga or yeah. something? Yeah. Have you done goat yoga? I've never done it. Is that scientific? I've never done like, any yoga. I, oh, um, yoga is great, but goat yoga like seems like a fad. A weird that one. Is a, that is a, <laughs> yeah. just saying. Hot take. I've seen the videos and it looks ridiculous. I don't want a goat on me when I'm trying to do yoga. It's hard enough. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please. Some would say, that's, that's a crazy, that, for this, they do a lot of beaming. Yeah, there's uh, a beam, they're beaming everywhere. They're beaming everywhere, so that's a lot of killing and... Yeah, and usually it's all cool with them, but then when Jillian does it, she, like, freaks out. She or freaks like, out. Yeah, I wonder if it sound. must feel weird, because she starts screaming before right. it happens, so yeah. she must be able to know that something's going she on. She thought the, the effect would start earlier. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. If you Would you take the power of teleportation like they do it? You could do it now. But anytime you end up where you're going, you're naked and covered in your own poop. <laughs> wow. Do you do it? Yes. How, how specifically can you choose where you're going? You, and it's going to be the most public version of wherever you're going. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the mall bathroom. No, yeah. You're in the middle no, of JCPenney. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're actually in the fountain. Well, without, yeah. without the uh, poop, sans poop, it's like the Terminator. Or yeah, Terminator yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then I was like, oh, that's fucking sick. That's cool. But then... 
Yeah, you know, we have to make it a little bit more all yeah, the embarrassing. <laughs> you would be so famous; it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, and you don't have to pay for gas anymore or a plane, uh, which would be really great and not annoying. Okay, so <laughs> another one they uh, they talked about a what was it called a solar. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Solar sail. Oh yeah, to solar, generate power. Solar sails are real. They're 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 a real thing. So it's a a solar sail is the same as a ship sail. Okay. Right. It's a giant piece of. It's not like linen or cotton, right? It's a giant piece of of material that's very thin, okay. and it catches literally the what's called the solar wind. Um, the sun is constantly sending out charged particles of a variety of different types because uh, it's a giant ball of radioactive. Amazingness! It yeah. keeps us all alive. Thank you, son. Thank you, son. Um, Shout out. As a redhead, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got a you, bone son. to pick. <laughs> you and the son have beef, huh? Yeah, yeah. sun beef makes sense. Another good band name. Sun beef. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to go see sun beef tonight? No, I do not. <laughs> I'm good. Too hot for that. Too yeah. Hot. Um, so yeah, it's so the solar wind is constantly being if you think of it, blown out of the sun. Okay. And we can catch that solar wind, and it's a very, very, very small amount of force. But it's enough mm. that if you have a large enough solar sail and enough time, you can accelerate probes, mostly, things that are very lightweight. Okay. Um, and they're talking about doing this for for a variety of different spacecraft that they want to send far out into the solar system or even out past the end of the solar system. Because it's a way cool. to, to accelerate them essentially forever. Right, without any fuel on board, because the sun is doing it the same as a ship sailing on the ocean is using. They don't have to carry fuel. All they have to do is right. let the wind blow them around. Okay. Which, if you know where the wind is coming from, in this case of the sun, it's not like it's going around in circles or going to change or anything. Yeah. So you can. And just, we had those even back in '86. We knew that they existed. They. I don't think they've been proven enough that people have used them for large-scale missions yet. But gotcha. they know that they work, and they've tested them out. Yeah. It's just figuring out a mission that they can do that with. Got you. Cool. Um, part of the other uh, science gobbledygook, if we're calling it that, was this I guess transparent... this is all science, so I'm just too dumb to know that it's real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I'm throwing it out there. Uh, there's a really funny scene where they go to this plant. I don't even know what they do in this plant because, again, I forgot or was too uh, <laughs> surprised by everything in this movie. But they're talking to some, like, scientists, and they offer him this, like, advanced tech. And they're like... Could you like how thick could your polymer be to survive the pressure of this amount of water? And he's like, uh, you know, six inches. And they're like, what if I told you that we could do it with one inch thick? And the guy's like, well, that's impossible. And then they show him, they like type on a computer a bunch, and a bunch of windows come up. And then it's like this weird formula that says transparent aluminum. And the guy like flips out and he's like, this is priceless. So, A, what the hell is transparent aluminum, if that's a real thing, and B, what do you guys think of that scene? Pretty funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I love the, that he tried to talk to the computer. Yeah, in, yeah, he in talks Star into Trek the mouse. world, you just talk to computers. They're just there, and then yeah. But that's it's like it's an iconic scene in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Also, that dude actually didn't invent that new element, but he did go on to invent Siri. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, like oh, we should talk to computers. Speech recognition. That makes sense. Well, uh, transparent aluminum uh, at the time was not real. Okay. But now oh. is real. Whoa. Whoa. So it was predicted by Star Trek in a fun kind of funny way. Um, wow. It, it was discovered fairly recently or created. It's aluminum. It's called aluminum oxide, and it's it's 
a, a fairly new thing, and we can't build giant sheets out of okay. it. Okay. Um, and I don't know that much about transparent aluminum. I have a paper open, and it says, you know, there was a paper in Nature Physics, and they created this along with a bunch of international colleagues, and they can build this stuff now. But cool. it's not what it is in the film. So in the film, uh, they were using this plexiglass, and they say it had to be six inches thick to hold this much stuff. The thing that bothered me about that is they kept switching between English units and metric units. Like, they, <laughs> like I didn't get that at all. Yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, we're going to go uh, 200 kilometers in this direction, and when we get there, we're going to grab 1,800 tons of stuff. And I'm like, why did you do that? It makes no sense. Anyway, that's the thing that made me mad about it. Okay. But transparent aluminum is now a thing. It's, cool. They can't use it for large-scale projects yet. Okay. Um, Okay. But I do think it's really cool that it exists. Now. Yeah, they but at the time it predicted was it. Just a, it was like a kind of made up thing that sounded cool. Yeah, aluminum's cool. neat because it's um, so the Washington Monument in D.C. Mm-hmm. At the very top, there's a tiny little pyramid that they that is the tip of the Washington Monument. Yeah, and they put it with one of the most valuable metals at the time when it was completed in the world. Aluminum. Okay. And oh, now wow. we see it everywhere, right? Yeah. Because we figured out how to isolate it from other elements. Uh, but at the time, it was so hard to make. Okay. And aluminum is much wasn't like a, a rare metal by the 80s, mm-hmm. but it's just a fun element to think about because it's so useful for so many different things. It's light, it's Absolutely. strong. Absolutely. You can wrap so. an avocado in it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, he stuns a door and it automatically locks the door. He like lasers. Yeah. It melts the lock. I think he melts it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, can we do that or what's the deal? <laughs> sure, yeah, you can, All right, you can cool. do that. Because yeah, so, I just thought... You literally just asked, can we melt metal? I Well, yeah, my, my with, thinking with was... With phasers, which aren't real, but lasers are. So. My thinking was, if a door is locked, you could laser the door and it would become open because you would melt the locking mechanisms, whatever. But to the, to lock the door, I found, like, I don't know, how does that work? How Did, did he, like, yeah. fuse it together with the wall? Or what's going on here? I mean, you'd have to ask a locksmith, I think. Oh, okay. I That's how little wrong. science there is in this whale caper of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just laser this yeah. door shut. <laughs> yeah, like, they did that to lock the doctors that were about to cut open the that guy's was, That was head, a fun scene. Which was yes. pretty cool. I because So, <laughs> Dr. McCoy is pissed off at all of the hospital because they're all using these like medieval technologies which yeah, if you yeah. think about it if medicine continues to advance at the level it did now imagine if you were at a hospital in 1700 yeah it's like right gross. 1719 yeah it'd be great would you really want to go to that hospital i would not want to go to that no, hospital yeah, absolutely not and so dr mccoy is like running around his nightmare which is awesome to think about yeah he's yeah. just like they're just cutting people open left and right <laughs> yeah and he gives that lady a pill and she like feels much better she grew a new kidney yeah she grew a new kidney <laughs> yeah. she was on dialysis and he's like oh monsters like that's it's awesome. just the best yeah and i would watch that movie that, that just, i would watch a whole that movie. whole yeah. scene i knew i was gonna love it there's a reverse scene of that in mr bean where mr bean ends up being a doctor <laughs> <laughs> that's right wow i can't believe you remembered that have you seen that recently or you just recall no, there's that? a girl at camp who loved mr Bean and I told her I didn't like it and then she didn't like me anymore and then I lied I was like oh I was kidding I love it and then I watched a bunch of Mr. Bean yeah and did you change your mind or yeah and she did not like me that, anyway, re- that oh. really happened there was like a 15 year old in Dallas who pretended to be a doctor for like over a year whoa I don't know whoa. if you guys saw that no yeah 
His patients loved him. I don't know. Doogie? I'd say let him keep going. It wasn't Doogie Howser. Like, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll this was a it. real thing. I know oh, yeah. in, uh, what's it called? Catch Me If You Can, yeah, which is guy, based on it. it. Yeah, he did that, too, for a little bit. But he was a genius. He, he just had genius. to concur. He was probably helping people. Uh, he was just concurring it with other people. Do you concur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, okay, guys, any other uh, questions for Trace before we get into the whale song, the Whalians uh, hit? The Whalians hit. Yeah, um, this new banger. What, do, so in the pantheon of like Star Trek movies, this is a non-science question. This is a sure. Trekky question. Is, was this one considered good? Did people like this one? Yeah, That's a great question. question. So I I looked it up before we did the pod to see kind of where it sits, mm-hmm. and it seems like it does about average. Like it's not wow. people's favorite, but I think people like this one because of the environmental overtones. And I would say subtle environmental overtones, but they were not subtle. There's it, like a three-minute scene yeah, of whales being butchered. Yeah, you just watch a whale being like, skinned. This, yeah. I, I was like, yeah. this is really gross and violent oh, really? and I thought really it was hot. graphic. <laughs> I was You're like really stuff, upset though. by Sorry. it. Yeah, no, no, it was really graphic. It yeah. was really upsetting. It, it really does show you though, it did remind me sincerely of like the journey that we've gone on in terms of what environmental means, right. environmentalism means in our lifetime. Yeah. I think people are generally environmentalists now. Like if you say, hey, sure. we need to protect the environment, people are like, yeah, 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 actually, we probably do. Also but, true. But people might agree that we have to. They might not agree with how to yeah, do yeah, it. Right. They might not, they might not vote for someone who feels the same way exactly. that they do yeah. for but, whatever but reason. But we generally kind of think the environment's valuable. And I did, while looking up how this movie did, there was an interesting thing that the blue whale is the largest uh, animal to ever have existed on the planet ever. And getting that information to the public changed a lot of people's minds because they realized, oh, wait, you mean like nothing that has ever existed is as amazing as that? We should save these things. And it changed how people felt. And that's where, do you remember in Bill and Ted when he does that like slow kind of move up through the the phone booth and and – uh, Ted has a save the whales patch on his jeans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movement comes from the blue whales oh, and like saving so the whales idea. Cool. And so that this was all happening at this period in American history. Yeah. Which is yeah. pretty awesome. Save the whales is big, very from, big. Yeah. I remember in uh, Free Willy, because we did that at some point on the podcast, that they had a message at the end of the movie that was like, go to this website and mm-hmm. donate to help save the whales. And it raised like millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe they should have had that in this movie. Also, I don't, I'm not trying to accuse them. They did a great job. It was very environmental. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that, do you think Nimoy, because it was directed by letter Nimoy, but written by someone else. Yeah. So I don't know who, I guess, was the environmentalist. That's a great question. I don't know either. I okay. wondered the same. I th- yeah. I know that, like, Nimoy was into the environment like he was sure. he's just like a, yeah. that kind of guy and but, it was always a progressive series even what you're talking about exactly. in terms of like race and representation and you know gender it, it always has been always, even the political like undertones of the whole thing were all about diplomacy mm-hmm. yes, yes. yeah um, for sure except of course that then at the end he gets off without any and they're like oh we're gonna bust you from admiral we're gonna dismiss all these charges of you murdering people <laughs> well he did save <laughs> a lot of other people <laughs> yeah that's true but it was a really funny switch right like to turn the tables like that yeah Yeah, it's like such a serious scene and they're like just laying it on so thick (laughs) you broke this law you broke this law this is unacceptable you are promoted to star captain or whatever (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) the hell happened um okay so without further ado we're going to have the premiere whalians baby of whalians baby whalians (laughs) let's try it out is kirk and his team 23rd century Just taking a cruise through the 12th galaxy When all of a sudden they hear bloop, 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 bloop A 
distress call from Earth. Earth says, guys, oh my God, we are so fucking fucked. Our water's ionized and it's turned against us. Our communications are no longer up. Yup. It's a red alert. So Kirk looks on up to the giant sky. What could be causing this? Oh my God, it's a spaceship that looks like a dick. Let's listen to it. And the spaceship says, Oh my God, I've got it. Then Spock says, Oh, that sounds like a whale. What the fuck is a whale? It's a fish from the 20th century. Not a fish, but a mammal. Either way, it's gone extinct. Think. None of us can speak whale, so we will need a whale if we're gonna communicate with them. Where can we find a whale? Wrong question. Not where, but when. So we fling ourselves around the sun and travel back to the 21st century before whales were extinct. What? Wait, oh my god. What? The whale thing's not a side plot. Jesus. It is the main plot. That is fucking crazy. Moving on. Beep, boop, 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 Spock. Yes, sir. Where can we find a whale? There's a hot marine biologist and she has two whales. That's good luck. Good luck. Understatement of the century. The 20th century. Ha 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 ha. Moving on. We convinced the hot lady to bring us her whales and bring them on back to space. We go drop them off to meet the alien whales and this is what they say. Sometimes you gotta kidnap some whales to save the human race. Wait, if you kill all the whales, they become killer whales. 30 years and we still haven't learned that. If you fuck with the humpback whales, one day they're gonna humpback whale chorus. The world is ending from human consumption, extinction. Is coming for all of us. Wow. Listen, that whale is so cute. I wonder what they sound like when they fuck. Fantastic job. Love the song, guys. <laughs> Unbelievable. Millions, baby. Cannot believe you wrote that this morning. Very I think, impressive. I think it's a bop. I think it's a hit. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a, what's the other word? A Ar- smash. Yeah. Smash. Ariana Grande is going to do the second verse. So. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. Really? You got Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And Shaggy's going to do the whale voice. Though. It's not the one you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 it's a different yeah. Ariana Grande. Shaggy! <laughs> doing the whale voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Really love the tune. Thank you guys so much for coming. Besides the Fast and the Furious musical, obviously we got to plug that. People got to come see that show. Uh, is there stuff? How can people find you online? The Fast and the 
the Furious Musical parody, just search it. We got a, an Instagram or at Brad Lives Dreams for me. Great. And at Joey is OKAY. Joey is OK for me. <laughs> OK. Awesome. I'm glad to hear you're OK. Not superb. Yeah, but no, just, no, no. Just regular degular. <laughs> getting along. Uh, and Trace, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me, Trace Dominguez, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I'm all over the place just making science stuff, teaching people things. It's great. Love it. Well, uh, thank you guys again for, for joining us, and I'll uh, see you next time. Hell yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And the executive producer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email, badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs>